Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Female Founders Network, a podcast brought to you by invoice to go I'm your host, Nat, and I'm joined by my co-host, Sylvie. Hey, everyone. We record our show in the Forbes Street studio in downtown Sydney, Australia, but we bring guests from all over the world. So you'll hear people from the U.S., the United Kingdom, Europe, the Asia Pacific, anywhere that we find women who lead and inspire others. This is a great podcast for women who are navigating business ownership, leadership, or just life. Each episode should connect you with someone else's story, but also leave you with practical tips and advice that you can use in your own life and in your own business. Happy Galentine's Day! <laughs> Today we're speaking with best friends, Venus Sun and Cynthia Pham, who founded the healthy dessert gift box company, Treatem. In this episode, Cynthia and Venus share the inspiration and journey behind founding Treatem with super useful advice on working with your best friend and creating beautiful content that resonates with your target market. As a bonus, Venus and Cynthia have actually included a discount code for our listeners. So if you have some people in your life that you need to send a gift box full of healthy treats to, hop on over to their website and use the code FFN15 to get 15% off at checkout. If you forget that code, just go on over to the Female Founders Network Instagram feed and check out our post on the episode. We'll have it right in there. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Hi, Venus and Cynthia. How are you guys? Good, thanks. Doing great. Thank you for having us. <laughs> uh, thank you for being here. Yeah. And this is one of those rare occasions, you guys, where we actually get to have people stop by our Sydney studio. Yeah. And probably the first time this year that we've all been in such close proximity to each other, which is... Um even more exciting. Who knew? This time last year, sitting in the studio with someone would not have been an exciting thing, but now I'm like, yes! Human connection! All <laughs> things for COVID. Yeah. Yes, yeah. So for those of you listening from the States or somewhere else in the world, uh, COVID restrictions have lifted here in Sydney, and we're allowed to have guests in the studio. So... Um, yeah, we're having some guests in the studio. You can actually see the recording on social media if you'd like to go back and scroll. Yeah. Um, and yeah, we're really pumped about it. Yeah. So we're so excited. We've made a time lapse of it. And the other, <laughs> the other reason I'm excited is because my favorite thing in the world is sweet treats. Well, one of my favorite things. And one of my favorite things in the world is also sweet treats and trying to be healthy. And you've actually combined both of those with Treatem. Somehow. You haven't <laughs> removed all the calories, but. <laughs> <laughs> so please tell us about yourselves. Do you guys want to go first? So uh, Venus, would you like to go first and let me know about yourself, your background? Yes, sure. Um, so... I actually came from the corporate world, and this is going to be stealing a little bit of Cynthia's thunder as well, <laughs> um, because funny enough, uh, when I was young, I always wanted to be in HR to make an impact and a difference to people. So it's always been very people-oriented. Yeah. And then from there, I entered um, a career path and somehow ended up in recruitment. Yeah. And when I started working in recruitment, that's actually how I met Cynthia and how we became best friends yeah uh, and it's been a whirlwind of a journey there and so um you know I, I was in the corporate world for a few years mm -hmm. and I realized that there was more to life than doing something that you weren't quite passionate about mm -hmm. yes of course and company values is something that's very important to me if I work for a place I want to make sure that everything is aligned to those company values that they yeah. embody breathe and really truly believe in what they 
what they're saying. Mm. Yeah. Um, and it's so, not just like some brainwashing kind of yeah. bull. You, like you see that stuff like on company websites where they're like, we're really this or we're really that. But it's really just like they're marketing the company mm. rather than just actually living those values. And, yeah. Recruitment's hard as well. That must yeah. have been quite like, I don't know, I always imagined that to be quite draining. Did you find it difficult? Oh, it was. <laughs> I think the first year, and the amount of times I've cried, I can't even count. Oh, it was at work. Oh, yeah, it oh. was one of those times where you'd be working 10 hours a day and it still wasn't enough. Yeah. You'd be doing 12 hours a day and they'd be like, jump higher. Oh. Um, but I think people don't realize that it's actually more of a sales role, which makes it yeah. quite difficult. Totally sales. Yeah. <laughs> On both sides, you have to sell the candidate to the company and then you have to. Uh-huh sell the job right to the candidate and like then you have to then there's like all of the nuances everything that can go wrong salary negotiations like yeah. all of the stuff it's the only sales role where the product actually has a mind of its own <laughs> and, and walk away uh, we've heard that so many times <laughs> Uh, okay, so you weren't happy. You wanted to do something where you affected people um, in a real way. So then what did you do? Um, it was actually we actually had a lot of beautiful clients uh, yeah. and also candidates that we worked with that yeah. would actually send a lot of gifts. Yeah. Um, and so gifting for me is a really important notion uh, of appreciation. Yeah. Um, and it really makes people happy. Yeah. Um, it's one of those things, especially when it's unexpected and you're getting that surprise. Um, you feel really special yeah. and loved in that moment. Yeah. Um, it's kind of like a lost art. Yeah. You know, like when gift cards came on the scene, they kind of like depersonalized it, you know? And now it's like the the art of gifting is reemerging in some ways. Yeah. I I can definitely see why gifting has become more commercialized. Yeah. Um, and it's become so much easier, but also lacks the thought. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. Like whatever happened to like baking someone cookies and like dropping them by because your friend's having a shit week and they just said, <laughs> you know, they they went through all these things and you like put the time and thought and energy into it. It's like we're lacking the time. Mm. We're also like not living in a culture where like that type of thought and taking care of each other is as prevalent as it used to be. Absolutely. Um, yeah. it's And it's so much easier to be connected and not truly be connected at the same time mm. um, when you can just text someone send them some emojis and it's like oh I'm there for you hug emojis yeah (laughs) I one time I was like my my fiance like one of our guy friends like had had a rough week you know and had some like dating issues or whatnot and I was like all the time (laughs) yeah yeah I was like okay well I'm gonna drop by like drop some something off to to so and so and my fiance who's like a little bit younger than me he's like why I'm like to make his day, like, yeah. to make him feel better. Like, yeah. that's, and he just couldn't, like, he, you know, he's, like, growing up, like, a few years after me and, like, doesn't remember, like, the pretexting culture mm. of, like, you've got to really show people you care. You can't mm. just, like, I don't know. I, I thought it was interesting because there was, like, a generational gap there. Mm. Definitely. Yeah. And actions always speak louder than words in mm. yeah. my eyes. Yeah. Um, and so that's why I guess going back to the clients and candidates side of things, yeah. um, it would make me feel really special. But then the problem would then be where 
gifting, what is an outside of the box gift? What is even a unique gift when you have chocolates, hampers, wines and gift cards as well? Yeah. Um, What's appropriate as well? Like some people don't drink for whatever reason or, you know, they, they, you know, have diabetes or they're on a diet or like there's all these different ways that you don't know how to give an appropriate gift. Mm. So there's so many options. Yeah. Yeah. And I was that one who was always always trying to be on a diet, yeah. failing a diet every day, but I'd be Aww. given chocolates and cakes. Um, and I loved the thought behind the gift, but mm. it's just, I think it's really terrible when you can't really fully enjoy the gift yourself because it's mm. a little bit overly indulgent and yeah. then you end up yeah. sharing it with the office. So it's not really a gift for you then. Yeah. It's yeah. more so for the office. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you two both met at work. Was that something that you then started to discuss um, Cynthia? Um, not not really. We we both just worked really well together um, and we both knew kind of the ins and outs of how we did things mm. and we would find that we agreed on a lot of things and also disagreed but in essence we worked really well together Yeah. Um, yeah. and it wasn't something that just came up. We, we worked together for about three years mm. um, and it was actually when Venus had moved on to her next corporate role where we discussed um, you know all the memories kind of got walking down memory lane about all the mm. gifts that we used to get and how many we would give as well and that's kind of where it all started um, mm. <laughs> and we used to you were saying before about baking cookies or something because they've just had like a really crap week Mm. that's yeah. what Venus would really do was walk Aww. around the office be like hey I made you guys something um, I know that you're on a diet Cynthia you're trying and I was like oh my god this woman cares about me <laughs> um, I always find those really small gestures they mean so much more to me than getting like a massive massive box of things um, mm. you know someone taking the time to to give me something that you know, suits me, uh, was really personalised. So, Mm. um, and that's kind of where it started when we were reminiscing about all those times we had worked together, gotten these gifts, given, given gifts as well. Yeah. So. so how did you take the plunge? <laughs> oh, we, we, we weren't sure. We were both discussing, discussing, and then literally in a split second, we're like, you know what? Uh, we want to build this company that embodies our values. We yeah. are passionate. We're going to make it work. Like, let's just do it. You know, we, 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 believe in ourselves we believe in our product our um, you know this small business that we want to build so we're just gonna we're gonna run with it and we just made that split decision it wasn't like a you know pensive thing we're like yeah we're doing this (laughs) oh my gosh and then so you right so then is this how you then got the idea for right we're going to start this gifting company with healthy treats or what was the thought process that Venus? well because Cynthia and I share, well, well, as we were walking down memory lane, yeah, we we really didn't enjoy all the sweets, um, mm. especially when, whenever when we are trying to embody a more healthier lifestyle. Mm-hmm. And honestly, there is nothing wrong with treating yourself. You know, having sugar, you know, treat yourself whenever you want. Right. Um, but it's about having that option and that alternative. Mm-hmm. And um, I actually had, we have a couple of mutual colleagues and friends mm-hmm. um, and they had, some of them had dietary requirements. Some right. of them were very fit. Um, so one one of my friends was gluten-free. The other was lactose intolerant. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and then, so I tried looking for some more healthier gifting that was that was still delicious yeah and there was nothing so Mm. there's no such there is no such thing as a healthy dessert box Mm. in Sydney and then I was just like hey actually in Australia and so I went to (laughs) Cynthia and I was just like you know how we always hate you know in, in these kind of 
I guess, overdone gifts. Yeah. Um, what about this idea? And Cynthia was on board and she loved it as much as I did. And we were just like, you know what, this can really be a thing because people are starting to be more aware of, you know, that self-love aspect and, yeah. you know, what you eat is what you get kind of perspective. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. When was this, by the way? What year? So we actually started discussing this last year. Mm-hmm. So, okay. so a year and a half. And in, in, in tw- 2019, around June. Okay. Yeah. Um, that's when we actually kicked off discussions. Yeah. Um, and then the hard part was then finding what a healthy dessert means. Yeah, um, right. We went through... I think we went through over 80 different recipes, mm. uh, 50 different types of protein powders uh, yeah, because right. bliss balls are delicious. Yeah. And yeah. so we decided that we're going to redefine what desserts are yeah. um, and also change the perception of health. And this was you two at home just trying out recipes and seeing yep. what worked and yes. and seeing what people liked. You wow. should have seen our first recipe. We tried a one-minute brownie <laughs> and it came out like goop. Oh, no. oh. <laughs> it took eight months to find something that we were both like, yep. Yeah, this tastes awesome. Oh, nice. Uh, you know what, time. though? Like, there's so many times that you, like, get something and it's, like, a health thing and it says it advertises mm. chocolate or, like, peanut butter chocolate or something and you bite into it and you're just like, ugh, I'm so underwhelmed. Yes, <laughs> so true. So I love the fact <laughs> that you guys, like, spend all of this time trying out all of these recipes yeah. to be like, okay, what's one that you actually look forward to eating? Mm. Yeah. And we also took it to, so when we first started, um, it took us a long time. We continuously refined the recipes Mm. because we would go to the markets Mm. and that's where we got the most people interaction. So we'd be going to Bondi markets, Glebe markets, um, and then people were saying, oh, you know, this tastes really good. Oh, this flavor could be a little bit more um, sweeter or maybe, for example, we have an iced coffee flavor. Um, People would be like, oh, I need the coffee taste to be stronger. Right. That's brilliant. Such good research. Product development market research people's (laughs) feedback ticking all the right boxes plus it's just a pleasant day to take your product to an outdoor market right Mm. it's just like a good day (laughs) it's always fun I I love interacting with people yeah and building relationships building those connections and actually we made a lot of great friends with like other storeholders as well as some of the customers who Actually, and some of the very first supporters who came to the market are the ones who are buying our boxes these mm, days. It's yeah. beautiful. So, I think really that's shows. a great takeaway from this, actually, is like when a lot of people start out, they think very product-led. I've got a product idea. I'm going yeah. to put it out there and hope I'm going to get a thousand responses to this survey. Then I'm going to know. Yeah. But, but like, it's actually so clever that what you were doing was like getting the real-life responses and like recognizing the value of people's feedback and then tweaking the recipes before you actually scaled up. Yeah. That's really cool. And like just talking to people, putting in the actual like mm. legwork, I guess. Is yeah. that the right word? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like go to the markets and have those one-on-one conversations and then synthesizing that into your feedback loop. So now you've you've gone to markets, you've got your recipes, you know the desserts you want to put out and what works. What happened then? So did you decide you wanted to focus on corporate or personal treats or what what were the decisions behind the brand for the business then, Cynthia? Um, 
To be honest, they, they both align quite well because we had originally come from that corporate side and we loved corporate gifting. We loved giving treats away. Um, but we also really like the personal touch from, you know, more of a consumer side. So mm-hmm. they do align um, and our plans are always kind of in synergy with each other. But for the moment, you know, we um, do see a lot of value in being able to to gift and deepen those connections between like the recipient um, and also the person that's buying it mm-hmm. um, because it really does make them feel that extra that extra kind of special touch, I guess. Yeah. So we are focusing more so within consumers with all the events that we have coming up, like Christmas. So then, of mm. course, next year there's a whole other, um, a whole other kind of, I guess, timeline like Valentine's Day. Yeah. Um, but we are planning to, I guess, work more on the business side because we do have some clients who we've actually received gifts from. Um, their friends, our boxes, and have decided to then do the corporate gifting side. Mm. So that's why they go hand in hand. Mm-hmm. Um, so we are going to put more of a focus on it next year, most likely. Um, but for the moment, we're looking at, you know, making sure that our consumers feel like, you know, they, they can have that full experience um, and feel that, I guess, appreciative from the uh, person buying the box. Yeah. Beautiful. Are you both still making everything at home? No. <laughs> oh my goodness, we'll never sleep. <laughs> yeah, you would not be seeing us today yeah. if we were still making these. Yeah. Um, it did start off that way, um, mm-hmm. which is when, which is why um, after boxes, I guess when we first started selling boxes, mm-hmm. um, we actually had to make a conscious decision of leaving the corporate world. Mm-hmm. And then after yeah. leaving the corporate world, that started to free up our time so we could make the boxes, make mm-hmm. the recipes ourselves. Um, but as we grew, it's just not scalable. Yeah. It is just not sustainable either. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and so now we have a manufacturing site uh, who does it all. Uh, they do it all for us. Beautiful. We have people... Uh, there's no way we'd be be able to churn out thousands of desserts a month. Yeah, Mm. right. How did you find the manufacturer and what was that process like for you? Finding a... When it comes to uh, business, Mm. I think it's really important the partnerships that you make um, and the people that you work with. Yeah. Um, And so we actually... It was a very laborsome process in finding a manufacturing site because again we both have no backgrounds whatsoever (laughs) what does that even look like so (laughs) went to google surprise surprise um and i went through the first 25 pages um, of manufacturing 25 i didn't know where to start (laughs) and i was just like you know sometimes it's also about supporting small businesses the first few pages are always Mm. larger companies that um, yep. you know, it's work not. with larger people, right. but at the same time can't discount them because they also have knowledge. They know mm. what it's like to work with people at scale. Yeah. Mm. Um, and I just started messaging everyone. And after um, messaging people, I'd go out, meet them face to face and start getting to know them. And some of it, uh, I guess Cynthia and I, I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing, but we do rely on our gut feeling. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Has, Intuition. <laughs> yeah. Um, has worked out well most for the most part but also made some mistakes along the way but I guess that's all part of the learning process Mm. yeah yeah of course and then obviously you you found a manufacturer you're able to now scale and send out all these orders how do you split your time as business partners um as different roles in the business and did you come to the, the, the decision of the split of roles quite easily what are your what's your tips there I think um, 
To be honest, that that's a really tough question. Mm. We have been trying to, in the same quotation marks, split our roles <laughs> for yeah. the beginning of time <laughs> because it's just un- unfortunately how things work. You know, if something happens, like I might need Venus to jump in. If a delivery's gone, you know, south mm. and I can't be there, you know, Venus might need to be there to back up um, the operations. So. Mm-hmm. We do try to segment our our responsibilities and we do have that autonomy, but a lot of the times we're both very in the know about what each other are doing. So we're all across it just in case something is to happen. I could be like, Venus, I need you to jump in. She's like, yep, Mm. done, easy, I'm there. (laughs) Um, So I think in terms of role splitting, it's really hard to define. Um, You know, that we have some general rules that we put in place, Mm -hmm. uh, but overall we both do a little bit of everything. Yeah, just to stay agile. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I love the fact, like when you look at your products, like I love the fact that you've got so many different themes. It's like really fun (laughs) to shop. Like Mm -hmm. you guys have a maternity theme, you have a classic celebration theme, a box of love, like with different types of things. So it's like a different experience, each product. How did you guys ideate and come up with that initial offering or how did you start and how did you expand? Um, our first range that we came up with was the classic celebration box. So we wanted a box that would be fitting for any type of occasion. Yeah. So um, something that would suit the birthdays and that would still be classy, delicious, uh, make them feel special. Um Everything always comes back down to the gifting experience, the consumer right. experience. Um, and we wanted to make sure that there was something for everyone. Yeah. Um, and so from there, that's when we started testing our first pro- uh, first boxes. Actually, mm. to be fair, we did when we first started off with the markets. There mm. were some boxes that looked nothing like what we have in the, <laughs> the website, and it was literally a trial and error around. All right, what looks good? What looks nice? Okay, yeah. Um, packaging. You know, what packaging do we need to invest in? What yeah. products do we need to invest in? How do we do the product placements? It's a matter of trial and error, playing around, spending time, mm-hmm. but we are also perfectionists at the same time. So yeah. we're trying to achieve what we, you know, trying to achieve and deliver what perfection we think looks like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And then what really gave us a break was our soft launch um, for Valentine's Day. So this mm. is right after we had finalized all the recipes. Um, we decided that Valentine's Day would be the perfect event. And this is Valentine's 2020. Valentine's 2020, right okay. before COVID. <laughs> right oh before God. COVID. <laughs> Great timing. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. And we decided to do a soft launch and it went way beyond our expectations. Like it yeah, did really yeah. well. Um, we... And because it was a soft launch, it made us realize a lot of things uh, mm-hmm. that we had to you know, spend the next two months, you know, refining and yeah. tweaking yeah. Um, to make sure that, uh, you know, as we scale larger, um, how to make sure that everyone's still getting that perfect gift experience. Yeah. yeah. How did you get your first customers then for that soft launch? Were you building an email list or what was the strategy there? So some of them, that's where the markets came in so handy because that's when you started building. We had our Instagram running, Mm -hmm. um, so social media platforms from when we went out to the market. So we first tried to get some loyal, uh, build a loyal community Mm -hmm. um, from the markets. Mm -hmm. And then we also had our friends and family that helped spread the word. They all worked in different corporate environments as Mm -hmm. well. Mm -hmm. Um, And then a big part of that was also social media. Um, I don't think you can 
if you if you if you're not running anything on social media, depending on the industry, of course, mm-hmm. um, most of the times you'd be doing yourself a disservice. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not something you can discount because that is where the world is living in at mm. the moment. Yeah. We have um, Invoice to Go recently did a, a really great blog post on this actually about having an online presence and how to make sure that you stay online, um, mm. which is like so relevant. And so many people either don't feel like they have the time or they don't prioritize. But I think your social media is really beautiful. You've got some great, you've got a great product that you can share <laughs> and great ways of like doing that. Do you do that content yourselves? It's like dessert yeah. porn. Yeah. <laughs> we'll take it. Yeah. <laughs> Do you, do you create all the content yourselves? Uh, yeah, we actually do. We have, um, you know, we had some really great like partners, family, friends who mm. um, did help us when we were first starting out because we had no idea what yeah. looked good. We're like, this looks okay. <laughs> oh. um, but more recently, we have taken that all on board ourselves. So we take everything um, just with like a, a phone camera. These days, they're so good. Mm. <laughs> um, so we do all the content ourselves for the moment. Yeah. Sometimes Beautiful. it's just good to be simple. Yeah. It doesn't have to be this big thing. Like if you're starting a, a small business and scaling up, like you can do a lot of the content on your own like this and make it look great. I think it's gorgeous. What have you learned while doing your own content? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> That's a better question for Cynthia. <laughs> Uh, Here we go. We do have a split of roles, though. Yeah, we have a bit of a split of roles, true. I I am hopeless when it comes to content. Uh, I wouldn't say hopeless, you know, (laughs) very good feedback. (laughs) Um, Yeah, content. What are, the biggest thing I've learned is that just because it doesn't look good to you doesn't mean it doesn't look good at all. (laughs) Right, okay. Um, Yeah, because... I would take all these pictures and I'm like, how come they don't look like how the photographer does them? Why don't Mm. they look the same? Mm. Probably because my editing skills are just not there yet. Mm. Um, And Venus would be like, these look really good. And surprisingly, I think the ones that are more genuine do much better on social media than Mm. the ones that look a bit more staged. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Which was like kind of mind-boggling to me because I thought, you know, the people, the professionals who do the photos would be the ones that would do well because they, yeah. they just look the best. But mm. um, once we kind of looked into it, it was actually more of the genuine pictures that, you know, maybe I thought looked okay that yeah. did better. Um, and that there's a lot of online courses that are free Mm. in order to refine that if, you know, if self-learning is a big part of that and small businesses need to create their own content for cost savings and yeah. there's always available resources online. Like Google is a labyrinth of information. Mm. Educate, educate, educate. Yes, That's great advice because we do have a lot of very kind of smaller micro businesses mm. and I think mm. creating mm. content is one thing that we've tried to lead on quite a lot in the Female Founders Network. I will yeah. also add, actually, the one learning that I have when it comes to content <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> is content is something that is critical for your business mm. yeah. um, and you need to put thought behind it. There needs to be a purpose into why right. this content mm. is being produced and shown, displayed and yes. publicised. Yes. Um, what is the messaging that you're trying to convey to the people mm-hmm. you want? Mm-hmm. Um, and it is a job in itself. You, it is. You, you <laughs> need to plan for it. You need to. It's not something you just whip up. It's like, oh, let me take yeah. some photos today. Yeah. Yeah. You need to plan for it. You, there has to be thought into mm. the content. Uh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Nat has an entire team doing <laughs> yes. this. And still needs a global team. <laughs> We're hiring. We're still hiring. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, content, it's a massive, it's such a competitive space, mm-hmm. right? Mm. So it's just, it's a massive undertaking. But I do think for 
micro businesses. There are so many resources out there. Um, we actually have another group in addition to the Female Founders Network. We have a group called the Freelance Forum, and we release a free course every month on all kinds of things and contents. One of those things, mm-hmm. whether it's like mental health or branding or whatever, we've got a free course out there. There are tons of courses that you can find on the internet, but it's like go get an education, go educate yourself, you know, and understand what you're really getting into because um, it's really important for micro businesses to, it's better to smash one or two platforms out of the park Mm. than it is to just, you know, have like six different platforms that you can't keep up with. Yeah. Mm, I think what you said about making things real is so true. Like authenticity goes a long way. And like some of the images that you've got on your Instagram is you two with your boxes and like (laughs) home and enjoying it like friends would. And like seeing that is like really like great and aspirational and um, just hits the mark with what Treat Him is for. Yeah. Um, What are your plans for the future? So are you just based in Sydney right now? Are you planning to go national and international? Um, So for the moment, we are only Mm -hmm. Sydney-based. We did have plans to expand to Melbourne this year, Mm. uh, but COVID did kind of put a a little (laughs) stop in there, (laughs) delayed that process. But we are, um, Venus and I both, really ambitious people. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we want to we want to be able to kind of spread the word that like gifting and being healthy shouldn't be shouldn't be hard. You know, yeah. we want to make that process a lot easier for everybody. Um, so, you know, we do have plans to to expand nationally. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, as long as scaling, you know, allows. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, but our next stop would most likely look like Melbourne. Yeah. And Beautiful. then will you get manufacturers down there as well or would it all be from with perishables or do you think so it does it does depend on how Melbourne is doing uh, well, yeah that mm. we weren't able to, we haven't done as much research into the Melbourne markets just because COVID had really changed mm. the manufacturing game yeah um, but I do know that our manufacturer is able to send our products down to Melbourne so it could be um, just um, finding a warehouse down there and then hiring some people mm. uh, to be able to make and distribute those boxes themselves gotcha. um, which may be easier because then manufacturer will be controlled in one environment mm-hmm. um but at the same time it's not to discount that you know we are still a small business so we'd have to be cost conscious yeah. so it is also going to be around what is the melbourne local manufacturing environment like at the moment and the mm-hmm. quality yeah mm-hmm. right so if someone else out there is listening to this and they want to start a small business for maybe like a gifting service or a box subscription service something similar to what you guys have started what would be your best advice? And I'll I'll let you each give different advice because I'm yeah. sure you've got something in your head that is unique. I'm actually going to let Cynthia start with this one because I need a little bit of time to think about <laughs> this. <laughs> Cynthia, you're on the spot. Go. Oh, my goodness. Here we go. Um, in terms of creating a gifting company, I think the most important thing to keep in mind is who is getting that box and what are they going to feel. Right. You know, always having that experience like we talk a lot about experience because that is 
that is the in, that is part of the gifting um, the gifting industry. Right. We want to make that person feel like they are the only person that matters in the world in that moment. Right. Um, so I think it's really important for someone who wants to move into the gifting industry to always have that in mind. Every decision that's made should be how is the person receiving this box going to feel? Mm. Yeah. What do they What do they want? You know, what are they looking for? And is that decision going to be able to to do that? Have that outcome? That's brilliant. That's beautiful. And mine would always be the flip side. You need to also remember the buyer. The buyer's experience is also very important. Mm. So gifting is a very difficult industry because you're not actually selling to a person directly. It's not like selling clothing for example active ways she looks amazing in that you're buying it for yourself you're yeah. you're mm. selling to people who are not buying it for themselves mm. right um and so it all comes back down to why are they buying the buyer's right. experience so it is uh, a two-part um and when it comes to your value proposition be clear on what makes you unique why should they come to you right and why the the recipient will love this gift so yes. much. Mm. Yes, yeah, yeah. Any advice on how to start and maintain a business if you're best friend? Maintain, <laughs> maintain. What's your worst argument? We want to hear all about it. No, <laughs> Funny enough, we actually haven't argued. So we knock on wood. Yeah, knock on wood. <laughs> yes. Um, What's really important in working with your best friend is mm-hmm. the fact that you still make time for your friendship. Yeah. Um, it is really, you're, you're with them, especially when you're starting a business, you're not working just, you know, mm-hmm. a few hours a day together. You're probably going to be with each other mm-hmm. um, the whole day together. Um, yeah. But with that, you guys were friends first. And so you, you need to set aside time to still um, talk about things outside of work. So we actually yeah. make sure that we set aside time for each other mm-hmm. and we'll do friendship things. We'll have dinner somewhere or we'll go to a cafe somewhere and we'll yeah. talk about, I don't know, boys, family, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> so do you have like a blanket ban on no business at dinner yes. tonight? Yes. <laughs> yeah. This is yeah. a date night, honey. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Basically. Um, I think, it's, yeah, I think that's really important. Um, but also the communication piece I think can be really lost sometimes like if someone's having one of us having a really bad day maybe something has happened Mm. um, it's really important to know that if they are a little bit frustrated that it's not coming from it's not because of you it's just you know that frustration that something hasn't quite gone right Mm. Um, and I think that's something Venus and I've always been really good at is communicating look something's just gone wrong give me just give me 10 minutes yeah (laughs) let me collect my thoughts and then I'll come back to you kind of thing so Mm. we've been really fortunate that um you know we can kind of work together that way Mm. and I think that's what Vita said setting a time for the other person to still do friendship things but also to be able to communicate and understand from the other person that it might not necessarily about you or the business it's just stress in general Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. yeah But it is fun. Yeah, it is is fun. It is a great, like, I would not take any second of this back because it has been Mm. an amazing experience so far. That is so good. (laughs) Thank you guys so much for coming into the studio. It has been a joy. Yeah. Thank That's you guys so for having us. Yeah, and next is. time, please bring sweets so you're not yes. lying. <laughs> yes, if we knew we would have brought the maternity box down. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, it's fine. I'm, I um, have been eating too many sweets lately. So. <laughs> There's no such thing as too many. Mm, yeah. Well, I'll trust you. You're the expert. I really want, I really want to try a pronut. Oh, oh yes. Pronuts. They are amazing. So the protein. Mm. We're actually the original. Protein donut? Yes, yes. the protein oh. donut. Solar. <laughs> I think so people sold. get scared when they hear protein in words. They're like, does it 
even taste good? And it's like, well, we're big foodies. We're not going to give you something that we think doesn't taste good. <laughs> You're like, so guess excited. who's eating the leftovers? <laughs> so if anyone in Sydney or maybe future Melburnians are listening <laughs> and want to give a gift or want to send a gift to someone who is in Shop Sydney. Shop your site. Yeah, where do they find you? They should go to our uh, website, www.treatem.com.au. So that's T-R-E-A-T-E-M for Mary, .com.au. Um, uh, otherwise, check out our Instagram, which is at treat.m. So it's all Love about it. treating them the guilt-free way, which is how we came up with the name. Beautiful. Love oh, it. Thanks so much. Oh, thank you for coming in. Great. Thanks, thanks for having us. Now. Bye, guys. This podcast was brought to you by invoice to go We're an invoicing and billing app that helps business owners work and get paid from anywhere, at any location around the globe. We're helping close the gender-based pay gap. Because the current U.S. pay gap sits at around 19%, listeners of the Female Founders Network podcast get exactly 19% off of any subscription. Just enter the code EMPOWERWOMEN at checkout.